Christopher Cross uh, on SAFM, American singer, songwriter, musician, composer. He comes from Texas, five Grammy Award winners, uh, and his first album came out in 1979. Sailing in 80, Arthur's Theme in 1981, peaked to the US number one charts of the Billboard Hot 100. Sailing earned three Grammys back in 1981, and Arthur's Theme won Best Original Song Oscar. Not a bad way to start. Okay, let's talk hockey for a little bit and find out. We're sort of building up to the Olympic Games, and we like the hockey guys. One of them is Gavin Jones. Gavin, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you much for having me this evening, guys. How's the preparations going for the Games? Yeah, so far, so good. Um, you know, considering everything that's, that's kind of been thrown at us, uh, it's, 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 been, yeah, it's been pretty good. What's it like waking up every day and seeing a news story that there may or may not be the games, they might be moved again? What's it like going through your mind every day? Yeah, you know, it, it does play a bit of a bit of a, a, a trick on the on the mind, but I think it's you know the guys are are so focused on on what we need to do at the moment. Um, you know, as a national side, we, we've got a plan for for the games, so I think we're just kind of sticking to that plan and and, and playing it every day. Uh, you know mm. the way that the, the way that we need to. You know we can't keep going on with you know the what ifs. Um, I think you know when that final whistle does blow and say, well, you know they're not going to have it or it is going ahead at this time. Then yeah, then we're ready for that. Like that. I like that analogy. You're playing the whistle. You're playing the referee, and you will do what it takes up until that moment. No, hundred percent. I mean, I think I think uh, every every athlete that is in preparation for for the games at the moment is doing the same thing now. Are you training as a squad together? At the moment, no. Uh, we have regional camps, so we've got high-performance uh, sessions in our um, in our regions that we're in. But we are leaving for Potterstrom on the 15th of June, uh, where we're going to meet up as a squad for a two-week training camp. Um, and then after that, we come back home for... I think it's about a week and a bit, and then we go into our isolation bubble, um, meeting back into Poch for our kind of final prep, and then we're off to off to Tokyo from there. Of all the places in the country, let's go to Pochastrom in the middle of winter. Yeah, um, you know, from a temperature point of view, not not <laughs> ideal because it's not going to match Tokyo. But um, we we are we are getting we are sponsored by uh, the Northwest University, so they are. They are currently helping us, helping us out with our funding and that, you know, obviously, uh, yeah, hockey in this country is, is not a, um, not a right. princess sport. So, yeah, we, we pay our own way. We have full-time jobs and things like that. So, yeah, with Poch University helping us out, it, it definitely makes it a lot easier on the pocket. And it will be much, uh, much easier to come down to Durban and have a little swim in the sea. Oh, I mean... Yes, why wouldn't you want to come to the number one province? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back a little, uh, Gowan. How did you get into the sport? So I started in primary school, uh, a classic, got down to training the one day, um, and the coach just asked, yeah, does anybody want to put the pads on? And I was that, that crazy kid that put the pads on, and it just kind of stuck from there. Uh, played a bit of soccer before before grabbing a hockey stick, um, and and hockey work really well together. Um, yeah, right. and then just in love with the, the the goalkeeping aspect from from that first day that I kind of put the pads on and hasn't left me. Does a goalkeeper work as hard during training as the rest of the guys do? 
Yeah, we we are the ultra athletes of the team. You know, you get your you get your your high performance athletes, and that's the the goalkeepers are the ultra athletes. Um, you know, you know, it's, it's, it is a different uh, different conditioning. Our movements are very short and sharp. Uh, you know, when you obviously watch the game on TV, you just look at the guy standing at the back, and you, you'd think he, you know they're not that fit. But you know, the the top top goalkeepers in the world are are, are fit for the job that they have to do. Mm. You guys are very flexible as well. The fact that you can not only move around with those pads, but also get down and up very, very quickly. Yeah, I mean the game is the game has also evolved. So I think if you're not evolving as a as a goalkeeper with your with your mobility and everything like that, I think you kind of get left behind a little bit um, in the game with the speed and and everything. The one thing you know, I was told when I was growing up and was told my son as well is you don't really want to be the keeper because you know, there's only one on the field. You know, if, you, if you can play defense, there's three or four of you. If you play strikers, there's two or three of you. What was the competition like in the net as you were building up to where you are today? So it's, yeah, it's, been, it's been really, really competitive. Um, I think South African hockey is in a good space at the moment with, uh, with four really good goalkeepers. Um, and four keepers that get along really well, uh, four keepers that also push push each other. So there's very healthy competition between the four of us that are that are in the mm. um, in the squad. Obviously, the two guys um, that are going, but you know the two guys that aren't going are are still there and still pushing and still adding value to to the process because uh, it's it's not really about the Olympics. Um, the Olympics is the you know you know the highest level as a as a hockey player we can get to, but this young squad that we have at the moment, we are building for the Commonwealth Games next year, the World Cup in 2023, and then uh, Paris 2024. So there is a bigger plan for this group. Um, but yeah, there is very good healthy competition between the four keepers at the moment. You've done those before. You've done the Commonwealth Games. You've done uh, the 2020 Olympic squad as well. This year is going to be different. It's it, What's it like again in your mind knowing that you've got to go into isolation there's going to be no crowds it's and it's in japan which is like a different world yeah um sure it's going to be two it's going to be yeah two extremes i mean i went to the 2018 world cup in india where you couldn't hear the person talking next to you it was so loud with spectators and now to go to you know a massive tournament like the olympics where you know there is a possibility that you're not going to have anybody there and you'll hear everything um, so yeah, I think it's just yeah. I, I don't know how to approach it just yet, but there has to be some sort of you know, some sort of way that we have to approach. It. I mean, we do have two really good um, sports psychologists that are working with us on our mental mental application and mental game at the moment. So that's going to be a really big help for us. Yeah, even if it's even if it's an a, 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 a crowd that's against you, they still rally you a little bit, don't they? Oh no, definitely. I mean, you know, when you played in when you played in India, every time we touched the ball, the, the the spectators went you know went quiet. You could hear a pin drop, and I think that's, that's just more for the guys, you know, a bit more determination for for the players to get the ball and you know silence the crowd in that way. Uh, okay, so and have you done a tournament in a bubble yet? No, not yet. No. So we um there there was a, a um a series in Joburg about a month ago where the guys played against Namibia. Um, I wasn't part of that uh, that squad that played there, but 
yeah, I mean, the guys were involved in that in that setup where they were in in a bubble and um, testing every. I think it was every four or five days that they had to go for for sure. a COVID test, um, and then you know, no spectators and yeah, I think it was uh, those guys would be quite quite good to pick their brain and you know find out how what they found mm-hmm. difficult and and how they went and did things from there. Uh, I want to talk about what you're doing at the moment. You're 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 very busy at Redham House. What is your current job there? So my current role at uh, Redham House in Shanghai is the director of hockey. Um, and then I also teach sports science uh, in the in the high school. So I teach grade eight and grade nine sports science, and then I run the hockey program from the the prep school up up to the college. And how are they doing? Yeah, we we've we've done we've done nicely this year. Um, I think we were lucky being a private school. Our our term timetable was slightly different to the government school, so we did get a good five weeks of hockey in where I think they played uh, close mm. to 10 matches as a, as a high school group. Um, and yeah, we, we had a really, really exciting under 14 group with both our boys and girls being unbeaten this year. Um, you know, so far. And then our first team, our first <laughs> team, yeah, I mean, did, yeah, had some really, really consistent results. So the program is, is working nicely. We're starting to see the results coming through with, uh, with the group of players that we have. And it's nice when you've got young under-14s making their way. You, you know you've got four or five years with it. Yeah, that's, that's the really exciting bit with uh, this group of under-14s that we had now. and I, I'm quite excited to see what's going to happen when they mix next year with uh, some of the under-16, you know, the older group of boys and girls. And then when they go on to playing in the senior sides, it's going to be quite a, quite a cool progression to see how that, um, how that happens in the next couple of years. Do you still do your goalkeeping academy as well? Yes, I still run my uh, my goalkeeping academy, uh, GK Elite. I run it on a Monday night out of Riverside Hockey Club. Um, and yeah, I currently got, I think it's 10 goalkeepers that we're working with at the moment. Sure. Um, it's quite difficult to, you know, to open it up with with uh, turf time and, and all the regulations that so yeah, 10 is the number that we're working with at the moment. Um, and it's quite, yeah, it's quite nice with the academy being run for the last two or three years. We've seen some nice results from keepers that have come, come in and, you know, left the, left the academy and some of the guys that we still have in the academy. You don't want to teach them everything because they might take your job. Well, yeah, no, we don't want to sort of, we don't want to give them the full playbook, but <laughs> we we give them what we we are we we give them as much information as we can. I want to go back to the sports psychologist, and uh, we've been talking about this over the weeks about the difference between a winner and a loser, especially at high-ranking things like the Olympic Games and the World and the World Cup. It comes down to one or two percent. How much time do you spend with sports psychologists, either one-on-one or as a group? So during the lockdown period, we we had Zoom calls as a team uh, where we were meeting with our um, our psychologists uh, Ian Chippy and Craig Carolyn um, every week, where we would you know discuss things and you know throw ideas out there, and that kind of rolled out into one-on-one sessions where you know if you were feeling a little bit down or a little bit uneasy about the training block that was coming out, you know it was just a phone call away. Um, I think some of the guys have really jumped at the opportunity to to chat to the psychologists that, or you know, the sports psychologists that we have on board. Um, other guys, you know, deal with it in their own way. I, yeah, I've spoken to the, the to two of them, uh, to the both of them, and yeah, some really good, really good stuff 
coming out from them that, that I've started implementing in my game. So it's not all rah-rah, you can do it, you're the best kind of thing. They, they actually help you through difficult times? Yo, um during that whole lockdown period, I, I won't lie, it was, it was quite difficult to try and find that... Um, you know, that motivation to try and train. I did go through a, a two-week patch where, you know, it kind of, yeah, the whole training plan fell apart and this wasn't normal and this wasn't what, uh, you know, 2020 was meant to look like, in, you know, in my playbook. And, yeah, for, for about two weeks, kind of fell apart and contacted um, contacted Craig and got back on that, uh, on that bandwagon, you know, put small little steps into place on how we can get back onto that training plan. And, yeah, it took about two weeks to get back on, but, you know, it was actually it was actually a good um, a good practice to try and do. Uh, you know, trying to identify that okay, this is the down phase that we're in now, and we need to somehow get out of it. And you know, the ability to then yeah find that phase again and carry on training. So yeah, it was a it wasn't a great experience, but it was a valuable experience at the end of the day coming out of it. Yeah, because I, I imagine one of the things is listen, the other teams are doing it, so you better get onto it. Hundred percent, yeah. I mean, the the European guys were, you know, they were training and they were still playing, and you know, they they've got a lot more financial backing that that they've got at the moment and resources. But the resources that we had uh, and that we still have are, are just as good. We just need to use them a lot better uh-huh. and trust the whole process that we have. Gavin Jones, without getting into any trouble, how far is hockey from becoming a professional sport where you guys, like the Springboks that have just been announced, can go, all right, that's my gig. This is what I do. Sure. In South Africa, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good few years. I don't think it's going to be in my, in my career, but I do believe the, the team that we have at the moment, or I'm going to say the squad of 45 players and the coaching staff and the staff that we have behind the scenes, are, are definitely definitely shaking things up. Um, you know, it, it, it takes one tournament for you to put your name on the map as a as a national side, and a corporate sponsor jumps on board, and then all of a sudden we we play hockey full time. Um, I, I, well, I, I hope, definitely yeah. think it. I definitely think it could happen. Like I said, I just I don't know if it'll happen in my in my time, but mm. I'm hoping for the next generation. Yeah. Guys like you that are fighting for it. Uh, Gavin Jones, thanks very much for joining us. Good luck to you. Hopefully we see you in Tokyo. Yes, thank you very much, guys. I appreciate your time. Gavin Jones, Redham Houses and Flunger, Director of Hockey, and he's also in the South African Hockey Squad to represent South Africa at the Olympic Games. Let's hope that all goes ahead. You know, before every tournament, there are these announcements. Remember, uh, there was a Plan B for South Africa, there's never a plan B. Then they were selling those knife-proof vests to come out here, and the Wuvuzela was going to spread DB. Maybe it's all just that. Hopefully, Japan will go ahead and go ahead well.